Hi, I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escovito from Weintraub Tobin. Welcome to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. On September 28, 2021, the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York issued an opinion in the case of O'Neill versus Ratajkowski. We covered the facts of this case previously. In 2019, O'Neill, a professional paparazzi, took a photo of Ratajkowski outside of a flower shop in downtown Manhattan. The photo showed Ratajkowski with her face covered by the bouquet of flowers. O'Neill subsequently registered his photograph with the United States Copyright Office. Shortly after O'Neill posted the photo online, Ratajkowski posted the photo on her own Instagram account. The photo she posted was the same, except that she added the words, mood forever to the bottom of the Instagram post. Shortly thereafter, O'Neill sued Ratajkowski and her loan out company for copyright infringement. Ratajkowski moved for summary judgment on the grounds which included that Ratajkowski's reposting constituted fair use and that O'Neill could not show facts establishing the involvement of Ratajkowski's loan out company. O'Neill filed a cross motion for partial summary judgment on the elements of his infringement claim and on defendant's affirmative defense to liability. Scott, what did the court say about the dispute? Josh, I want to focus on the fair use part as I think that will have the greatest implications generally. So as we all know, fair use is an affirmative defense to copyright infringement, and it seeks to balance copyright protections and the ability of other authors and artists and the rest of us to express ourselves by reference to the works of others. As you know, and as we've discussed here a number of times, the Copyright Act lists four non-exhaustive factors that the court should consider when evaluating uh, whether or not there is a fair use. And the first is the purpose and character of the use, including whether such use is of a commercial nature or is for a nonprofit educational purpose. Usually that first factor, the big focus is on whether that work is transformative. Um, the second factor is the nature of the copyrighted work. The third factor is the amount and substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. And the last element is the effect of the use upon the potential market for or value of the original copyrighted work. Did the court find in favor of Ratajkowski's fair use claim, Scott? No, the court found there to be a tribal issue of material fact as to whether Ratajkowski's use was fair use. In looking at the first fair use factor, whether Ratajkowski's use of O'Neill's photograph was transformative, the court noted that another court in the second district has determined that the purpose of a paparazzi's photo is to document the comings and goings of celebrities and to illustrate their fashion and lifestyle choices, and then also to accompany gossip and news articles about a celebrity's life. Um, in the past, when news sites or newspapers have, have copied a paparazzi photograph and have used it in a story about um, celebrities' uh, life or their fashion choices, the courts have determined that those uses, those uses by the newspaper outlets or the news outlets, are not transformative. So here the court said that a reasonable observer could conclude that uh, Ratajkowski's photograph, her posting, merely showcased her clothes and where she was at and uh, you know, what she was doing at the time. Basically, 
meeting the same purpose as the photograph that O'Neill took. On the other hand, the court said, it is possible that a reasonable observer could also conclude that given the flowers covering Ratajkowski's face and the text that she added, mood forever, could instead be conveying that Ratajkowski's mood forever was her attempt to hide from the encroaching eye of the paparazzi, thus being a commentary on O'Neill's photograph, therefore falling under fair use. But I have to ask, Josh, do you find this interesting in light of the Andy Warhol case, which we've discussed here uh, recently? I mean, there the Second Circuit found that the Warhol painting, which was, as you know, a painting based on a photograph, uh, was more akin to a derivative work as opposed to being transformative because the Warhol piece represents the same material in a new form without adding anything new. Yeah, Scott, I mean, I, I think this is interesting, but to me, it seems consistent with the courts, with the Second Circuit's holding in the Warhol case. I mean, essentially there, the Second Circuit acknowledged that the Yes Rasta case, Prince, was the high mark of fair use. But while acknowledging that it was bound by the Yes Rasta case and Prince, uh, the court acknowledged that there was clarification that was needed. And what they said there was that new expression, new meaning, or a new message is central to a work to be deemed transformative. And of course, in the Warhol case, the court found that the work did not constitute a transformative use because it didn't comment on, relate back, or create some other original purpose other than that for which it was originally created. So the second, I mean, the secondary work needs to be perceived as something that embodies an entirely different artistic purpose. Now, I suppose reasonable minds could differ as to whether Ratajkowski's uh, inclusion of mood forever and, uh, you know, the commentary that you were just mentioning would constitute an entirely distinct artistic purpose, which would, quote, which would give, quote, new meaning or message to the work. But I, I don't really think it does. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're still looking at a photo with just a caption, uh, essentially. But I guess that begs the question, then, why didn't the, the Second Circuit uh, grant O'Neill's partial motion for summary judgment? I mean, apparently they were wrestling with the fact that, or at least to me, it seems the Second Circuit might have been wrestling with the fact that uh, Ratajkowski's inclusion of the the words mood forever um, really did create um, this, you know, something new that would allow the work to be transformative under the Warhol case. I mean, perhaps the district court simply felt that um, it's I mean, like I said, it, it seemed to me that reasonable minds could differ on whether it does create new purpose. And maybe the district court found itself constrained by the procedural aspects of a motion for summary judgment. If it's an issue that should be decided by a trier of fact, it's in dispute, then that's an issue for a jury, not necessarily for the court to take away from a jury. And so perhaps that's a matter that the court believes it's better decided by a jury. Possibly so. Scott, how do you think this case impacts some of the other celebrity versus paparazzi copyright cases? Most of the other cases did not involve celebrities making any changes or modifications to the photograph to begin with. And as such, I don't really think those celebrities had much of a real defense to begin with. I do think we're going to see more of these 
um, paparazzi versus celebrity type cases. I mean, just this morning I read an article about Snoop Dogg and Dua Lipa getting sued for copyright infringement over an Instagram over Instagram postings. I don't know the facts of Snoop Dogg's case, but apparently Dua Lipa reposted a photo of her wearing an oversized hat and added the caption, I'll be living under big fluffy hats until further notice. I mean, maybe that might qualifies fair use under uh, the district court's holding here. Um, but some of the celebrities, Ratajkowski included, advanced a bad faith type argument. In this case, Ratajkowski claimed that bad faith and the nature of the defenses of copyright misuse and unclean hands based on the fact that the statutory damages were disproportionate to the cost of litigation. And plaintiff's counsel's track record of launching full-scale and excessive litigation merely to extort exorbitant settlements over negligible infringement. Yeah, and to that, the court said that a pattern of unsubstantiated, virtually identical suits followed by plaintiff's solicitation of settlement, that may support a copyright misuse claim. However, um, you know, the predicate for a misuse defense in an attempt to use the copyright monopoly to control something the monopoly does not protect that didn't exist here. Uh, the court found that Ratajkowski offered no legal support for the proposition that O'Neill's use of process uh, constituted copyright misuse, where he was protecting a legitimate uh, copyright interest. Moreover, the court didn't find any evidence that the case was brought abusively. So with regard to the changes that Ratajkowski made to the photo, how do you square this holding with the 2013 Second Circuit holding in Carryout versus Prince, which I referred to earlier as the Yes Rasta case? Right. I mean, in in that case, uh, Prince used images from Patrick Carriou's photograph book on Rastafarians in Jamaica, and the book was called Yes Rasta. And he used that in an art installation, Canal Zone. In Canal Zone, Prince had made major modifications to carry use image by creating collages and superimposing items like guitars and scarves over the Rastafarians. The Second Circuit said that Prince's artwork themselves convinces us of the transformative nature of the artwork. Prince's artwork manifests an entirely different aesthetic from Carrie's photographs. The court said that where Carrie's serene and deliberately composed portraits and landscape photographs depict the natural beauty of Rastafarians and their surrounding environment, Prince's crude and jarring works, on the other hand, are hectic and provocative. It sounds like adding mood forever may not have been enough for the court at this stage of the proceeding. Maybe not. I guess we'll have to wait and see what the jury finds. This case is headed for a jury trial. What's your expected outcome? So if it doesn't settle, which I predict it probably will, um, my crystal ball says that if it goes to trial, the jury is probably not going to like a paparazzi and uh, they will like Emily Ratajkowski and they will find in her favor. And then it will probably go up on appeal, or at least it would be interesting if it did go up on appeal. And then we would have the Second Circuit interpreting the facts of this case in light of you and the Warhol case. And I think we'd really get a little bit more clarity on what's in the middle between those two holdings. I think that's a good prediction, Scott. Thanks for sharing. All right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for tuning in to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. And if you just can't get enough content, be sure to visit our blog at theiplawblog.com. Thank you.